This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Back of the Nest Preview Podcast. I'm your host, Terence Ford, and this week I'm joined by Albert and the returning Sam Heskiff. And once again, it's a double-packed show as we look back to the 3-2 defeat against Chelsea on Tuesday night, and we look ahead towards our trip to Villa Park on Sunday. Yes, welcome welcome back, Heskiff. Um Unlike you to be the one on holiday. Thank you very much. I was holidaying in a different room as far as, far as I've gone in the pandemic. So, wasn't this was this something to do with um, your date nights that you've been having with cooking meals from cities you'd like to visit? Oh, I mean, what an idea! Not to blow my own trumpet. Um, it, it actually wasn't that night, um, though. We did have a wonderful New Orleans jambalaya. Uh, what was the dessert you had? Uh, beignets Vanessa cooked them that's why they looked really nice like, what are they they're like donuts with powdered sugar on them nice the um, the sl- the super slow-mo Instagram of your face after you just bit into it <laughs> was, was, um, I will. was fant- fantastic content thank you very much um, and this is the content that you're going to get when I return to the pod <laughs> talking about slow motion reactions to donuts and yeah, and talking of super slow mos, I'm assuming there would be loads in the new Batman film that's upcoming. And talking of which, Albert, you returned to work today. You can't say that. And <laughs> I've signed an NDA and everything. That's that's me gone. <laughs> Have you really? Yeah, but never oh, mind. Okay. Don't worry. <laughs> Just stay fine. Talking of Dome, cut. Talking of Dome, <laughs> Albert. <laughs> <laughs> I, to be honest, I thought that's where he was going. Well, more, more of it. I was, you know, I just wanted to, you know, speculate about you having Zoom calls with like Colin Farrell and Andy Circus, and you and you and Colin just being massive dickheads to Andy Circus and making him say my precious. How did you know that? Um, no, unfortunately <laughs> not. We can just start again. Let's not talk about. It. If you've signed an NDA, we shouldn't do it. No, it's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Just cut this. Just cut. Just cut this awkward bit out. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, I it? think it's. I think it's on my IMDb page, so I can't exactly. Uh, you know, I can't. I can't claim it's the world's biggest secret. <laughs> um, I, I always like your IMDb page. What's, so what's let's, let... Dream Dream Team Series Ten? Uh, <laughs> it, it says the Batman filming. Well, not currently filming due to the current situation in the world, but the intentions are there. Um, it's on your page, so good. well, there you go. The the the, the cat bat is out of the bag. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Zoe Kravitz is out of the bag, isn't there she? You playing go. Catwoman, isn't she it? is. She is. There you go. Yeah, there you go. So it's not a secret. You're filming. Not a on secret. It. Yeah. The, the NDA is just about the content of it, which you'll just tell us all about after. No, I'm just kidding, of course. Of course he wouldn't. You're, assu- you're assuming I know. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Um, we was on the podcast uh, last week, Albert. Um, or we, we, was it last we week? Yeah, we or, was. 
And for those of you that don't listen to the review show but listen to this, you can go back and listen to the review show because the lost content of the podcast is there. We did actually record. It was me, Albert, and Hambo. Um, but unfortunately, I had a mic issue halfway through and technical difficulties meant we lost half of it. But you can listen to the half that was played on the review show for the Leicester game um, where <laughs> you'll get half of my Kasabian crowbarring song titles in, you know, obviously Kasabian are Leicester fans crowbarred a bunch of their songs in to see if anyone would notice, but my artwork was lost at Albert and you particularly enjoyed it. <laughs> I have to say, I don't know what was different about last week, but it was a really, really, really good show. <laughs> and it's gutting that half of it, has been conf- is now legend you know it's just it's just a rumor yeah yeah but the brilliant way i worked club footing which just doesn't need to be discussed it was it was excellent just you know a thing of beauty i'm gonna pretend i remember and agree with you <laughs> yeah i just shouted club foot at the end remember it wasn't oh yes i do though. remember yes yes that's the that's the moment i think i sobered up yeah uh, but that <laughs> but then weirdly um you know, almost immediately after this happened, uh, news came out about Kasabian's lead singer um, and the, his domestic violence charges and being found guilty of that. So, um, and it wasn't the biggest coincidence like that this week. Um, I, I went and did my season ticket uh, refund thing and I um, donated the money to the academy, the, the four tickets all to the academy to become a founder member. And then six minutes later, it was announced online uh, that we've, gained category one status now Heskiff is this coincidence or basically me joining make them such a it's such an esteemed academy that they just had to make us category one yeah I think uh, what I heard on the, the football grapevine was that the, <laughs> the powers that be you didn't want to sign it off until it had got your seal of approval um, <laughs> so yeah once 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 they got the nod that the email was in the refund was in that press release went out straight away yeah, those those four match tickets uh, were, were the massive difference, and uh, we'll celebrate this with a beer because I'm absolutely parched. I'm on Brewdog Clockwork Tangerine today. I've had this before on the pod, so no need for a description now, but because I'm sure you remember exactly what it's like. Yeah, um, it just tastes like a beer with a bit of orange squash in it, doesn't it? <laughs> exactly. Did you um, get any beers in after not having any last week? Did I not have beers last week? You had a gin and tonic with blueberries in it, mate, and you talk about right. my beers. <laughs> yeah, but at least at least I've just made that, and it doesn't have a stupid name. Um, I am. I you know, I went to the pub for the first time uh, since lockdown on Monday night, and uh, it was all very nice. But I got food poisoning, so stay away what? from the, stay away from the pubs, kids. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, got, I went. In, I went in all excited, and don't get me wrong, I did have a. You know, I did have probably more than you should on a Monday night. Bearing in mind I wasn't working, but I, uh, I, I think I had some um, some bad bar snacks, and yesterday wasn't pretty. Um, with hang that on, in, wait a second. What you you were eating out the nut pot on the table? No, 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 no. I got some, <laughs> I got some, some chicken wings, some buffalo chicken wings. Uh, but I think, I think the sauce had been open pre-lockdown. Um, so yesterday wasn't pretty and so with that in mind because it's still a bit raw uh no pun intended uh i'm actually on the red wine tonight (laughs) i was basically just say it's just water for me tonight no no still still some alcohol you've got to to cleanse the system no the wife made a big big bolognese so I, i celebrate you know there's always a bit of red wine in a bolognese so that means there's a there's a majority of a bottle of red wine going spare. So I tucked in. Well, um, Roy Hodgson would be pleased. Um. Yeah. It's called Malbec. <laughs> it's just called Malbec. It's not got a stupid name. Sweet. Well, well, from which country? Uh, I think it's an Argentinian Malbec. Very, very nice. Mm. Um, Heskiff, what are you celebrating Category 1 status with? Um, I was trying to think of a posh name to make it sound like I'm drinking something more exciting, but I'm just drinking water. <laughs> going to say you know like chateau filtre or something like that but <laughs> la croix la croix <laughs> it's like fancy like wanky water it's just Ugh, i'm not drinking that <laughs> <laughs> why yeah, what's better that or your bar snacks i don't know um 
But, uh, I mean, this Category 1 status is obviously great news, um, especially if you look, I mean, look no further than Jade and Sancho that somehow slipped through our grasp um, being in within our catchment area and all of that. So hopefully we'll be picking those stars up in the future and um, we'll get them coming through to the first team. And uh, this uh, the five sub thing as something that's been trying to push the powers that be are trying to suggest that next season there should be five substitutions as well um firstly Haskell, let me just get your thoughts on this uh a fan of the five subs or you think it should go back to three uh i think it should go back to three you know i i understand the five sub rule in in the lockdown you know after after the restart because of fitness levels and you know basically players have just been sat around for three months not playing any games but like like most things when you're talking about having like five subs and that sort of stuff it's very skewed towards the bigger clubs um who have you know like you look at Chelsea they brought on Jorginho yesterday as a sub you know and we you look at our bench and it's just going to be mostly kids probably um the likes of which we probably won't see in the first team (laughs) Uh, we don't need I mean we don't need to go into that argument again but I th- yeah, I think it. I think it favours the the clubs with loads of money that can just stockpile sort of international players, um, and then you know with twenty minutes to go, they can basically change their entire front line, bring on some three more internationals, and that's the end of that. So um, I don't like. Mm. Yeah, I was kind of, I, I was discussing this earlier with my wife, while I was probably just talking at my wife, and she probably wasn't listening, but um, <laughs> I, I, I was. I think we, it could be five subs, but you can three of them can be regular players, and two of them have to be players from your youth team. You know, under twenty year olds that have come from your youth team. I think that would be a good way of doing it. Um, I don't know how you police that or whatever, or if it would even be an option. But that's a way, you know, encouraging young British talent as well within the Premier League to, you know, it's good for the future, right, and stuff like that. Maybe this is an opportunity to do something like that. But I don't know where the Premier League um, think tank is um, brainstorming session. So <laughs> I don't know how to put that one forward. Um, Albert, five subs or three subs? What are you going for? Uh, three, yeah. I don't see the point in the five subs. I'll, I'll be honest. I. I think it's, I think it's almost superfluous to do it during you know now. To be honest, you know it's the same. For, it's the same for all for all squads. Maybe I'm saying that because Roy barely makes three subs on in any in any scenario. But you know, I know I know they're trying to maybe take it easy on the players. But you know, it's it's a level playing field for everybody. So I kind of think the five subs is a bit unnecessary now. Uh, mm. it, it it certainly shouldn't be. I, uh, have they said it's, if it's just for next season or it is a rule change going forward forever? I think it is just for next season uh, currently, but I could see it being, I could see people pushing for it after that as a full time rule change, just on the grounds that, you know, they, these teams do have 20, all these teams have 25 man squads and, you know, they've got, it gives Pep Guardiola a way to keep a lot of his players a lot more happy so you can have a far bigger, you know, talent pool of players and world-class players because you can give them all way more game time. Um, so I could see it being pushed for, but who knows? I don't know. It's all, it's all speculation at the moment. It might not even happen for next season. It might go back to three. Uh, but uh, I mean, uh, is it Ancelotti's Everton's manager, isn't he? Cool. Um, he's, he's against it, for example. So he thinks that three is more than enough. So... I just It'll be interesting. To, um, to sorry to interrupt and jump in and say that as we're recording, Brighton have just conceded a goal. Oh, brilliant stuff! I've um, heard Roy. I've heard Roy's actually trying to get it reduced to only being able to let make one sub. <laughs> well, yeah, going back to when he first started managing, um, yeah, there's probably one sub then, I'd imagine. And you're you're, you're only allowed to bring on people called James McCarthy. <laughs> yeah, it's only people with James Muck in their name is allowed to be subbed. But um, I mean, yesterday in the game against Chelsea, he did make four subs. Um, of course, one of those was forced, and we'll get into all of this. But you know, he could have made a fifth sub and brought on Riedewald. But outside of that, you're then down to Sam Woods, Tyrek Mitchell, and Brandon Pierrick. So. I mean, our squad depth is something that we've talked about long, long and hard on this podcast. So um, we don't need to go into again, but it's obviously it's going to favour those big teams and make the smaller teams struggle a bit. But uh, we'll see how it comes out. Uh, 
Guard of Honor. Yes, Guard of Honor is in my note here. So, uh, as you're just talking about there, Heskiff Brighton have conceded against Liverpool. Does that make it three one as we're currently recording? Um, <laughs> saw saw a great tweet of uh, they, Brighton coming out and uh, giving a Guard of Honor to Liverpool, and someone saying, "I, I bet the Liverpool uh, Brighton fans are gutted that they couldn't give the Liverpool fans a Guard of Honor outside." <laughs> but um. Yeah. So what do you think of Guard of Honours? Um, there was the great Bernardo Silva thing from the other day when uh, Man City had to give Liverpool one. Did you see this, Albert? Uh, everyone else was clapping in the Guard of Honour except from Bernardo Silva who was just like staring straight down the line, drinking from a can of something, <laughs> can of something, just not giving a single fuck. Yeah, I don't... Uh, I'm not massive on it, to be honest. I mean, I'm glad that we narrowly missed out on having to do it. And there's something there's something even more weird about it when it's like in an empty stadium. You know, it's a bit weird. Yeah, it's a bit like the crystals when the you know the the, the palace team come out. It just feels a bit like what are you doing there? Like fair play to fair play to Bernardo Silva because I think that's kind of, that's, pro- that's probably how a lot of players actually feel, but they're too polite to uh, to follow through with with such action. Mm. Right, let's get into the game, I suppose. Um, first goal, uh, there's no other place to start, really. Um, Gary Cahill obviously pulls his hamstring or tears his hamstring, whatever it is. Uh, I'm sure he's going to be out for uh, the rest of the season uh, at the minimum. And of course, with next season starting so soon, he might even miss a little bit of that, depending on how bad it is. But um should he should they stop playing here is the is the question the obvious question that we have to ask uh i'll start with you heskiff is it i I think when jeru's touches the ball home it's very very clear that he's turning around a little bit embarrassed that that he's put the ball in the back of the net so um do you do you feel for him there do you think he should have just stopped picked the ball up what what do you think they should have done um i hate to say it because it's chelsea and I, i really don't like chelsea but i I don't really see an issue with them carrying on in this. I think it's, you know, it, it's unfortunate. Like, and we, we've unfortunately let a goal in from it, but. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. If it was the other way around, I'd be a bit pissed off if Palace just stopped. I mean, like, I, I think I said to you on Twitter yesterday, we, we would have carried on and missed the chance anyway, but... Um, <laughs> I I would want I would want us to carry on. Um, I think it's different if if Willian had fouled him or if it's a head injury or something like that. But like just pulling up with a hammy is just one of those really like shitty things to happen. So um, much as I would like to dig Chelsea out for it, I think I, I can't really I can't really moan too much on that. Yeah, I was. I, I keep. I'm trying to. I've been racking my brains trying to work out what game it is. But there is there is a game when this happened, and Wilfred Zaha is running down the flank, but he kicks the ball out into touch in disgust because he wants to carry on, but he obviously feels bad about it. And I just cannot remember what the game is to like try and find some footage on it. So the commentators were talking about, you know, if this was at the other end, Zaha would carry on and pass it to Benteke who would score, which <laughs> sort of harks back to your tweet there going, what, what would he have? But um, <laughs> I, I, there is definitely at least one example of Zaha doing that. So I, I don't, I'm not sure we would carry on, you know, I'm not sure. What, what about you, Albert? Do you, do you, do you see any problems with it? Uh, I'm going to be, I'm probably going to infuriate you more than, than Sam. Full disclosure, I didn't know it was a six o'clock kickoff. So I actually, I actually missed all of this. 
<laughs> See, I was kind of joking around at a half five. I found out it was a six o'clock kickoff and I was joking in a WhatsApp group saying, I wish I just found this out at eight o'clock and could have missed watching the entire game. <laughs> but of course, with hindsight, that wouldn't have been the case. I'd have been furious because it was such a good game. But I got um, I got a text off my Chelsea mate saying, Chelsea. And I was like, why has he sent that? We've, it's not doesn't kick off for another couple of hours. And then I looked because I've ter- I've turned off goal notifications on my phone because if I'm watching on Sky Go, the notifications come yeah. through before the, the feed. So I was like, hmm. So I was like, oh shit, we're we're a it's kicked off, and b <laughs> we're one nil down already. And so I <laughs> I re- replied to him, well, I didn't realise it was a six o'clock kickoff. So as far as I'm concerned, it's still nil nil. And then <laughs> pretty much. Three minutes after I hit send on that text, the second goal goes in. Oh, fuck this! Uh, but with regards, with regards to the, um, yeah, I think I'm with Heskiff. I can't believe I'm saying it. Uh, it's not a head injury, so it's one of those ones that you sort of think they've just gone with the momentum of the the phase of play. They've put the ball in. Giroud does look a bit embarrassed, but you know it's for ref. It's at the end of the day that you can't complain too much i don't think because it's for it's for referees to make that call and it wasn't a head injury um so yeah would i have been annoyed if we had carried on and scored no i'd have i'd have i'd have been like yeah crack on lads he's not he's not in any mortal danger he's he's hurt his leg yeah. um, and i think what i think what adds to the story and makes it such an intriguing kind of little passage of play as well is that it is Gary Cahill, you know, Chelsea legend, Gary Cahill, who they sing about how he won it all at Chelsea. It's, um, it's pretty, you kind of like, there's a lot of his ex teammates still there and you're kind of like, Oh, just, you know, out of respect to Gary Cahill, should they have put it out? Um, I, as, as a goalkeeper playing football, I, a lot of times I was, probably honest to a fault and I believe in sportsmanship and things so I completely disagree with both of you I think I think they should kick the ball out of play really but um, I know a lot of people are going to disagree with that but it was it was kind of interesting uh, Gary Neville talking about sportsmanship one of the players who lacked sportsmanship the most when he was in his playing time talking about how they um, you know they should they it was okay for them to carry on I'm just like I would have loved to have seen how him and then Jamie Redknapp at half time would have responded if it was um, Liverpool or Man United on the receiving end of it I'm sure they wouldn't have been so black and white about it but um, there you go but then the question is Heskiff 34 year old Gary Cahill 30, is he 34 34 35 whatever he is um, hasn't hasn't he's played every game since the restart uh is this on is this on Roy um you know not not re- rotating the 11 and pretty much sticking the same team out there every week uh I, I don't know if the ham hamstring injury is directly related to it because I think you know you see those happen sometimes just in normal in a normal season where someone runs and and just pulls up but I think there is a bigger argument for like you say not switching the team up so much because you know I thought Luca looked leggy from from the off yesterday he sort of looked like he was running treacle for a bit and you just think you know if we rotated that midfield a bit more um not to say that everyone played terribly or anything like that but I think it is an argument for changing your team up a little bit um especially you know we were all happy when you put gyro in the last game and he he did look a bit more active against Leicester and so, yeah, you do wonder. I mean, like I said, I don't know if it directly affected Cahill, but you do wonder whether the the, the effects are going to start showing themselves. You know, now that we've got another game Sunday and then another game a few days after that, so um, it's it's something to be concerned about, considering we don't really use our squad very much. And if we have got players who are, you know, thirty plus, so what we were the our oldest eleven in the in the season, I think, yesterday. And I also read that of the 20 oldest, 20 oldest 11s in the league this year, we've had 17 of them. Uh, <laughs> so when you've got a plan like that, you do think that there's likely to be some after effects and just hope that they're not too uh, not too bad because we're, we're down quite a few players already. Yeah, well, James MacArthur, um, in true, true Scottish fashion, is running 500 miles, isn't he, Albert? It's, it's surely it's only a matter of time before he breaks down. How many Proclaimer songs do you know, just out of interest, moving forward? Because you've gone straight in with the obvious one. I, I can't see you getting Letter from America in, unless you're talking about trying to get some money out of the, the owners. 
Um, and after that, I'm kind of spent. Sunshine on, was it Sunshine on Leith? Um, I don't know how you're going to progress going forward. I, but you've got him. It's bold. It's a bold move. I'll give you that. Um, uh, what was the question? <laughs> James MacArthur. James like, MacArthur. You know, running yeah. everywhere. Yeah, he's the, he's the one that you think, fuck's sake, he's going to need a rest sooner or later. And he's he's kind of done this throughout his Palace career. You, you think you see him running around like a, a nutcase, sometimes to no avail, but often it's quite effective. And you sort of think, just when you think, like, oh, he's, he's shot, he, he needs to sit sit the next one out, the next two out, he, he sort of rips up rips up some trees and sort of shoves it back down your throat. And, uh, yeah, he was particularly uh, zippy yesterday and, you know, that's it's something that we need and I'm, I'm, I'm surprised, you know, cause he, he's not all right. He's not the oldest player in the squad, but he's certainly not the youngest. And it does amaze me the engine that he's got on him. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there needs to be a little bit more rotation and we all talked about this at the start and we all was like saying, you know, Roy, Roy's going to be forced into it, but at the moment that's not the case. He's still tending to stick in mainly with the same core players and, yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised injuries are starting to come and I think we'll see a couple more um, as the games go on uh, over the next few weeks. Uh, then drinks break occurs and we concede after the drinks break, which becomes a theme in this game as that also happens for the third goal. But um, they work it so uh, Christian Pulisic has got a one-on-one basically with Joel Ward and you know, a little, little shimmy and... Um, he sticks it in the top corner, postage stamp stuff, a bit like um, a letter from America, Albert. Fair play. You've done it. Good finish. Uh, any questions of the goalkeeper because it's at the near post? Uh, you know, Vicente Guait has come into fire in the last few games. Uh, I, like you say, it, all puns aside, all pro- Proclaimer songs aside, it was you know top corner, and he he, he did whack it. And mm. I think if if Guaita gets if it's if it's low, if it's low down at the near post, I think you can point fingers at the goalie. But mm-hmm. it was he, he couldn't have he couldn't have placed it any better with with any more power. So you no know, disappointing goal to concede, but it, you know it did have a bit of quality about it. I'm not going to. I don't think anyone has done too much wrong there. Yeah. Uh- has to give carbon copy of Zaha against Brighton, wasn't it? In the, in the same goal. Yeah, it was. It, it, I mean, like Albert said, it was going some as well, wasn't it? So I know there's the don't concede on your near post, but I think even if he'd got a hand to it, probably would have taken his arm off. So decent finish, really, wasn't it? Yeah. So, um, and then seven minutes later, Wilfred Zaha then equalises. Now, you know, I, I think the furthest they I saw with these Premier League goals, the furthest out it scored from previously was 19 yards. Um, was that Bournemouth? Ra- yeah, exactly. Racking my brains back to the Championship days, um, I remember a bit of a rocket against Wall um, Watford away, but I think that was from inside the penalty area. But it was quite in the corner of the penalty area. Um, yeah, Brighton, Brighton away was probably just outside the area in the 3-1 at the Amex in the original win there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, we just never see him let fly from there, do we, Haskiff? And these, you know, obviously this is something he needs to be doing more often. Yeah, it was, I mean, it came out of nowhere. It really came out of nowhere. When he hit it, There's no at no point did I think that was flying in. Um, it was funny in, uh, in, in in a Palace chat, a WhatsApp that I'm in, my mate, couldn't like he didn't have sky where he couldn't see it and he was like someone's got to describe this goal to me and another, <laughs> another one of my mates just said Wilf just picked the ball up and said fuck this <laughs> yeah. pretty pretty solid description of what happened I think um yeah I mean it's what it, it's a great finish and you you want to see him do it more often it, it sat up so nicely and it hit it and it, it did swerve a bit um you know they were saying the keeper probably should have done better and maybe he should have but it was a a bloody good hit by Wilf and you just think that you know that's that's what I want him to do and it, it seemed to really spur him on because I thought he had a very good game yesterday and we know what he's capable of and he's always had that thing where it's like he, he should score more or he's not confident on with his shooting maybe that's the the spark he needs to to really push on and try a few more of those because for as you know few goals as we score we rarely have like long shots from the area from outside the area, sorry, especially when Townsend ain't playing. 
So it's nice to see someone actually have a dig and it pay off. Yeah. Do you think Albert Will's going to now be trying that for the next few games and is they're all going to hit the upper tier? Yeah, and everyone's going to be going, oh, every time he, he shoots. Uh, he's, listen, he's, he's, it's a fantastic goal. And I think Will, we, I mean, we we all sort of flip-flap on the podcast. It's like, oh, he's great when he's out wide. It's great when he's out wide. And and then, you know, other people like it when he comes inside. And, you know, like you say, as Heskiff's already described the goal, he's kind of, he said, F it. I'm going to censor it because there's been enough F-bombs on this podcast. And he's coming and, he, and he's and he's let rip. And I mean, I know you said that, Terence, that we never see him do that, but we never see anybody do that. No, nobody shoots from outside the area. At Palace Towns at Townsend will have a go. Luca might have a go every now and then. But it's just it's just something that we don't do regularly. So when when you see one like that and it's come from Zaha, it's a you know, it's a it's a real it's a real shock. And yeah, keeper might have done a bit better. I don't think I don't think most keepers get to that. Um, it's a fantastic goal, and when when we're in a team that sh- struggles to create chances, and, and certainly in the games prior to Chelsea, you know, there's, there's crosses going into the box, and there's no one there, or Christian Benteke is winning headers, and there's and and Zaha and Ayew are potentially too wide to even you know try and get on the end of them. We don't create enough chances in the box, so if there's a way that we can, you know, somehow encourage Zaha to, or anyone really to do that a bit more, you know, have a go. Like, cause we, we desperately need to in- increase our chance creation somehow. And if you've got players that can hit it from 19, 20 yards, they should be encouraged to do so. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely agree. Fantastic. Incredible shot. I think much like the Pulisic one, he's just caught it so hard. I don't think there's anything you'd do to the goalie. He's taken one step in the, the other direction as soon as Will's hit it and at that point he's he's already beaten he's, there's just no way he's getting into it uh, may, maybe if he's you know five six inches taller because he isn't the tallest of goalies he might have a chance but yeah it's an unbelievable strike and um, yeah had me jumping off my sofa knocking knocking things off the coffee table all sorts was going on so um yeah, the the mother-in-law was in was was in the house and she was in, in shock shall we shall we say at my reaction um Heskiff, the opening 10 minutes, we were a bit ropey, but pretty much from that point on, even with Pulisic scoring that goal in there, it was a fantastic first half performance after that. It was, yeah, it was. I was surprised, um, especially, you know, we let in the unlucky goal and then, like you say, sort of Pulisic gets a, a second. When we'd had quite a lot of the ball before that point, you know, I did fear the worst, but... We kept going. We we were attacking. We were a lot more. We were using the wings a lot more. You know, seeing Wilf start on the right in a game, even though he he moved over to the left at some point, was nice. Being a bit more sort of confident with the ball, whether we're running forward with it or or offering more than one pass, which was really pissing me off against Leicester. We were sort of back to our standing still, and there's one person to pass to each time. But we were, you know, we were, we were being a bit more confident with the ball. And it's something that we've all, you know, known that we're capable of and that we've wanted us to show a lot more often. Um, and it's a shame that we do it and finally score two goals in a game. And, <laughs> um, but yeah, like you say, it, 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 we, we did play well, even even when it was 2-0 before Wilford scored. I think we had a little a period where we were looking all right. Um, and and it's very it was very encouraging. And honestly thought that Dan had equalised at the end and I'm sure we'll get onto it but I think the least we deserved was a, was a point out of that game because we really we battled hard which we know we can do but we also showed a, a bit of quality as well and it's something that we've been crying out for since the first 20 minutes against Bournemouth probably um, mm. so hopefully Roy can as we've all asked for let the shackles off a bit more and just let us play like that some more yeah, well, just after the goal, Luka Milivojevic got booked and this is key for what happens with the third goal, um, which came on 71 minutes. And again, it was straight after a drinks break. So for the second time in the game, uh, conceding after a drinks break, what would you think Hodgson's doing wrong, Albert, in <laughs> during these drinks break for um, us to sl- start so slowly after both and concede a goal almost immediately after? I think he's he's getting his chamomile tea mixed up and that's what's gone into the players bottles and they're a little bit drowsy um 
Yeah, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. I mean, we were, even at that point, it was like, it was all us and the commentators were saying, oh, Chelsea can't get out. Chelsea can't get out. They don't know what to do. They don't know what to do. And then, you know, it was it wasn't the first time that they kind of had numbers coming forward on the counter attack, and I mean, it had to be Loftus Cheek, didn't it? I mean, it was an absolutely great little ball through to to Abraham, and mm. and you know, Abraham good finish, great, yeah, good finish. I mean, and then you saw a similar chance what ten minutes later, where Abraham absolutely fucking wallies it wise, and you know, he's I think he's he's, he's got a bit of that in him. He's either it's either a clinical finish or he absolutely balloons it, and unfortunately, at the end of that amazing little ball through from Loftus Cheek. He's 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 hit that absolutely perfectly and it's it's gutting really because it they didn't really they didn't really deserve it. I mean it's it's only the, the the quality of of squad and substitution that they're able to make which alludes back to what we were talking to about earlier. You know that, that that's got them that goal. You know they've brought on two two you know questionably England internationals, you know young fit players. Um, that have got that extra bit of quality, and that you know they've they've come forward on the counter attack and and nicked a goal. Um, yeah, it's a shame, but uh, you know there's no, um, I don't think there's any shame in our performance. Um, and on the phone to my brother before the game, it was like you know we need to we need to be scoring more goals. And and all right, if you lose three two to a, a decent team, at least you know you've tried. Which doesn't you can't say that about the the, the previous performances you know we, we've really we've not even created a sniff on goal let alone come away you know narrowly losing on the back end of a three two so there was no shame in that performance and um we deserved we definitely deserved the point out of it maybe more yeah i mean ruben off the cheek certainly is a young fit footballer you ever seen him with his shirt off bloody hell um <laughs> Uh, the 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 wife want, wants him back at Palace. She's like, when are Palace going to re-sign Ruben Loftus-Cheek? I, was like, I don't think that's going to happen, love. Um, but rewind a little bit back to the start of the move, and it is a bit of a catalogue of errors, isn't it, Heskey? If you first get Luca has to pull out of the challenge because he's on the yellow and it's you know a, a stonewall yellow card if he brings down there. So he's two stupid challenges. He should have already been booked before he got booked, but diving in for no reason has got him into this position. Then obviously Ruben Loftus Cheeks had acres to just run into. Um, now a lot of people have pointed to Van Arnold not busting their gut to get back, but I'm gonna go easy on Van Arnold, which is unusual for me because you know he's played pretty much every minute of all these games and he's the only one who every game is positively trying to get forward. So he probably just didn't have it in the tank to get back. He was probably knackered from his, you know, the burst of speed that he's just had to do to get around the player before the transition in play happens. So I'm going to, I'm going to ease off of him. And then Sacco kind of gets sucked out of play. Joel Ward's ball watching and plays Abraham on side. So, um, it's a bit of a disaster, really, especially when you look at the footage and you can clearly see Scott Dan telling both of Sacco and Ward what to do, but neither of them listen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, like Albert said, I think that I think the pass from Loftus Cheek through to Abraham is brilliant. I mean, it's really, really good. Getting to the point, getting to the point on the pitch where he was before that was a bit annoying, like you say. And yeah, the first thing I noticed when I showed the replay was Wardy, which was again. Especially if it, because he's looking across the line, you should, you know, he mm. definitely know not to not to be there. Um, and go, I mean, going back to Luca, and, and it sort of ties in again with what we were saying about subs and Roy's hesitancy to to use him as much. Um, obviously, he was on a booking. He got a nasty knee to the head from Ayu, uh, mm. which incidentally was right in front of the referee who didn't stop the game. So if we're talking about you know Cahill's injury. Um, Clearly a head injury. He not only smashes his temple on Ayu's knee, but he thuds thuds the ground pretty hard too. At that point, I was just thinking, look, even if there's a remote chance of concussion, never mind the booking, you might as well just take him off. I mean, it's not, you know, yeah. we've got players to bring on who can who can play that position or even, you know, bring on Maya or Gyro a bit more forward. Um, so I think, yeah, obviously it's unfortunate that he'd been booked and it was a bit of a petulant challenge to get booked as well because he was having a bit of a moan the first 20 minutes which was annoying me a little bit which is ironic considering all I do is moan (laughs) Uh, but yeah like you say it was a bit of a catalogue of sort of things adding up and and I think Abraham's finish for that goal was very good he sort of put it exactly the point where he needed to be just past Guaita's arm and, and, and in off the post 
but then you know we, we we reacted really well i think at that point i was sort of expecting us to just die death really um but to go forward pretty much straight away and and have a, a great move and and pat for whatever fault he might have had for the for the abraham goal did very very well to set up benteke for our second um so that was pleasing as well because we never want to see you know we never want to concede ever obviously but after having such a prolonged period on the ball and doing really well with it to then let a goal in it wouldn't have surprised me if we'd have just sort of given up a bit so it was really nice there again to see us be positive and and keep moving the ball and and creating the creating the chance and, and Benny getting the goal that he deserved well you you say you say that I was shout swearing at my screen I was like basically along the lines of why have you gone and done that now? Like, why did you have to wait for him to score to actually put the ball in the back of the net after basically dominating the game from about 10 minutes in? Say dominate to maybe a slightly strong word, but, you know, very being on top for most of the game at that point. And it took um, took for them to score for us to actually break them down and score a goal. And um, Albert, it's Christian Benteke's scoring there. Um First non-penalty goal from Christian Benteke at Celeste since when, do you think? I should remember because I'm pretty sure you told us in the WhatsApp group. Uh... <laughs> well, it was the 4-0 win against Hull, which um, secured us Premier League status and relegated Hull with back in... Um, 2016-17. So, so it's May, May 17, yeah. And didn't when Marco Silva was good. Didn't you say that it was his last his last open play goal at home with his foot was December 2016? Yeah, exactly right. So I think that, that was when we beat Southampton 3 0. And his it was. goal in that game was exactly the same as his goal against Chelsea. Punch pull yeah, exactly. like two yards out. It was. And then he did score an open. Uh, I mean, there was because you know, some someone an evening standard writer started getting pinnickety with me about open play and that his goal against Hull was technically from a corner. And I was like, I was actually referring to non penalty goals, is what I was getting at. Yeah. Um, and but yeah, I mean, the guy, the guy, he did score in between that Southampton game and that um, Hull game, which was a header against Leicester, which was probably a foul to be honest. But I mean, a two-two draw, but that was another header. But um. Yeah, it's crazy to think really that he's gone that long um, between goals and goals from, you know, theoretically open play is is pretty pretty crazy. Um, let me just dust off, a... let me just let me just dust off my cliche my roller decks of football cliche cards and say let's hope that that's the you know the inspiration he needs to carry on and grab another eight before the end of the season. <laughs> well. Um... Yeah, I mean, he's now, I think he's got 72 Premier League goals. So um, he's probably going to be in English football for another couple of years. He's He'll want to get into that 100 club, I'm sure. And um, he said this week, you know, there's been, his agents said at least, there's been a lot of interest in him from Aston Villa and Club Bruges and some other teams. But, you know, he loves it in London, loves it in Palace, wants to stay and wants to succeed here. And, you know, I, I think now in the main, a lot of Palace fans are behind him and would want him to succeed as well. But, um, yeah, it remains to be seen. I mean, we've got a game service, right? And this was a game, Heskiff, where we got Christian Benteke the service that Christian Benteke needs. And just particularly in the last 20 minutes of that game, he was basically bullying them, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. I mean, he, he's been winning... He's been winning a lot of headers in the in the game since the restart, but you know against Leicester he'd win a header and there wouldn't be anyone within thirty yards of him. Um, against Chelsea, like you say, he was bully he was bullying their centre halves. He was winning every header. We had people anticipating and getting on the end of them and moving into space that he created and and that sort of thing, which is exactly what you want. You know, I think we've we've all had a lot of ups and downs with Benteke. I know that there was a point on this pods where. Um, it, as patient as I like to think I am, I was just like, oh, I, I think it, I think it, I'm done with him. I think his time's over. But he's he's worked hard and he's come back, and I think a lot of people now are more okay with the idea that look, he's not going to score 15 goals a season like he did under Allardyce, but he's going to help provide a lot more opportunities for us to score. Um, 
which is important. You know, we, we can't just say give the ball to Wilf or let's hope IU scores today. You, you need to make chances yourself. And when he's in the sort of form that he was yesterday, um, then I think we've got a much better chance of doing well. And, and I think it's a shame that he's playing this well now when there's no fans there, because I think he would get a lot of support from from the Palace fans. Um, certainly if we were there yesterday, I think I think a lot of people would have been very happy and very vocal with their support for him. Yeah, certainly it's the case. And um, we get towards the end of the game now and it's all basically culminated with Scott Dan hitting the post. Um, looks like the goalkeeper might have got a touch with it. Um, Max Meyer just not being able to sort his feet out to tap it home. And... Um, and then the camera work being awful on Sky and them losing, almost losing the footage of Ben Teke scoring an equaliser, but Kurt Zuma come across with a crunching tackle and um, denied him a goal. But Albert, how, how did it not go in? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, I was like you, you describing the, the Zaha goal. I was up the moment, the moment Dan connects with that. It's like, that's in, and then it's not in, and then Meyer does what he doesn't do. And then it falls to Van Arnholt, and you're like, surely, surely. And then, no. And then, yeah, to then watch a replay of it, which was as frustrating, to then cut away from that replay to see Christian Benteke like charging down on on the keepers. Like, hang on a minute, what's going on? <laughs> but yeah, it's gut, gutting, gutting. And we, you know, like I say, we, we, de- we deserved one of those chances to go in, minimum. Yeah. Um, we absolutely did, yeah. And then you now you you know start looking ahead towards Villa and has if that excitement's back right you know after the mon- the monotony of all those losses and you know not even you know not even getting into Liverpool's penalty area and you know, looking just absolutely toothless against Leicester and and <laughs> Burnley all of a sudden in this position where I'm actually quite looking forward to Sunday as uh, you know because. I, I, don't, I don't know what it is. You think the players have had a rocket up them in in training this week? Do you think there's been some words spoken or something like that? Because you know, it's, there was definitely something else, and or is it just that you know, Wilfred Zaha is kind of the talisman of our team, and he's always someone who needs to be wound up and needs a bit of adversity to get going. And maybe it was just that Cahill torn hamstring and them scoring was the rocket that they needed to actually get going. Yeah, maybe. Um, I think I actually think even before there. Their, their first goal, even though it was you know, five minutes in. I thought we started off all right, I mean, in terms of running around and showing a bit of energy. And you, you'd like to think that after that display against Leicester, which was really tepid, I mean, it was really dull, as was the Burnley game. You'd like to think that the players themselves would say, look, that, that was shit. We, we know we can do better. Let's get at it from the, from the off. And it's we all know as football fans, it's funny how your mood changes from one game to the next. After that Leicester game, I just, you know, you just say, I can't be asked for this season now. Just finish it. Who cares? Let's get it done. Now, after that Chelsea game where we're saying, bloody hell, I can't believe we didn't get at least a point against Chelsea. Yeah, you are looking forward to the Villa game. Uh, and, you know, you wouldn't think that you'd be saying that after after the performance on Saturday. But it goes back to something that we've said loads of times on this preview pod, where it's if if we keep that level up against teams that are not as good as Chelsea, so I, I would say Villa are not as good as Chelsea, and I think their defence isn't great. So you you would like to think we've got a chance if we can keep that performance up and we play like we did, then we should be confident of getting a result. But as always with Palace, that is a very big if, and we all know that it's just as likely that we'll fall back into our uh, into our little cocoon and lose one nil. <laughs> yeah, to Jack Jack Grealish, go no doubt. Um, now. There's going to be a couple, I believe, a couple of false changes now. Obviously, Cahill is going to be out. There's no question about that. He's, like I say, he's probably going to be out for the season. But that was Luca's 10th yellow card of the season, and he'd already served a suspension for five. So once you've served a suspension for five, tens an automatic two match suspension, isn't it? So I imagine he's out for the next two games. Can either of you confirm, or is it both? I'm not really sure. I have got no idea. Definitely, definitely <laughs> not sure. <laughs> That's the rule, isn't it? Why would that? Why would that not be the rule? Yeah, I, I don't know because it's all to do with cut off points, and I don't know if they made any rule changes for 
you know because of what's happening with the play now maybe they extended it to 15 or something i don't know i haven't heard anything about it let's just work off the assumption that it's a two it's a two match ban um who do you want to come in versus who will come in albert uh uh, who will come in who do i want to come in well it's going to be assuming that the other two don't get injured you know, it's going to be Kiara MacArthur, and it's going to be McCarthy, isn't it? <laughs> but who would you like to come see come in instead of McCarthy? Or is McCarthy would he be your choice in an away game? No, I'm not sure he'd be my choice. I'd, I'd for the sake, for the sake of. I mean, it's an it's an away game, so you know, we're, maybe we do need to err on the side of caution. But just for the sake of doing something different, you know, less. Chuck in Max Meyer again. I'm not. I'm not one of these people that thinks that Max Meyer is the second coming of Jesus Christ, and he's going to come in and and turn our fortunes round. But you know, he's in the squad. He's clearly got ability. So just give him a fucking chance to to show it. And if and if he doesn't, then great, he can go back on the bench when Luca's back. But that would be my that would be my initial reaction or, you know, do you bring in, do you play Townsend as well and, and bring, are you into the middle behind Ben Teke? That's another option. That's probably far too attacking uh, for Roy, but I'd certainly like to see either of those things just for the fact that it's something a little bit different. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I, I think we've, all various times down the the season that he's been here have said that we'd like to see Max Meyer um, play in the middle middle a bit more. And, um, you know, it, it's the way Link's playing around the area. That we've seen the, the link-ups that him and Wilf have had um, in the past and so on. And uh, Heskiff, can we dream? Can it be Max Meyer from the start in a central role for once? Or can you just not see it happening? Uh, I can't see it happening. I, I wish it. I wish it was. I think, um, like Albert, I think the likelihood is that McCarthy comes in if Luca's not playing. Uh, I would like to see. I mean, I would definitely like to see Max playing. I think, sort of, in the middle of those two is I would like to see Gyro start. I think it's more likely than Max starting. Um, mm. And and I think he. I actually think he looked alright against Leicester. I think he was our most sort of busy midfielder. It's. I mean, it's not a great compliment, but we we were shit, so he was marginally less shit than the others. Uh, and it's just a bit of energy, you know. He's he's got he's got good technical ability. He's got he's good in the past. His defensive side of his game is all right. Um, so I think it would make sense because it still makes your midfield a little bit more mobile. Um, but like Albert said, I, I think if anyone's coming in, it would just be it'll be uh, James McCarthy, which is not great. I don't think he's brilliant, but I think it's something that Roy's likely to do. Yeah, certainly is. Um, so this is obviously, uh, I think Villa have to play tomorrow, do they? Before us, um, and it's obviously a huge, it's a huge, huge, huge game for Aston Villa in in terms of things. So they play, they play Manchester United and with the f- tomorrow night as in Thursday night. So tonight when you probably listening to this, got there in the end. Um, May United are obviously in great form since coming back from the break and even before the break as well. Um, they've definitely got striking the balance and adding Bruno Fernandes to their team has obviously helped them no end. And that's something that we're going to have to deal with in a, in a just over a week's time. And so you've got to assume that Villa are probably going to struggle to get anything from that game. So they are going to come in and they're going to, Albert, ident- got to be identifying us as a game where they have to pick up three points. So, you know, they, they're going to have to come out and play against us, aren't they? They're going to have to try and have a go. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I don't think they're going to get anything out of um, United. Um, they'll then want to get ready for us and then probably turn up cap in hand asking for three points. Uh, okay, you know, because they'll be looking at us thinking that's you know, if you get a point out of United, you're lucky, and that's a that's a bonus, and they'll it'll be all eyes all eyes on us. Mm, yeah, well, uh, we haven't done predictions for a couple of weeks, so let's let's rock them out. Uh, Heskiff, you can go. What do you think the score will be? One nil. Or are you sticking with one nil to us? One nil to everyone. No, I, I, yeah. I think I think. Uh, 
Oh, let's be positive. One all. What about you, Albert? I need to look at the the table because, as much as I like winning football games, um, and you know, as an extension of that, my team, Crystal Palace, winning football games. If if Villa beat us, they really close the gap on both Watford and West Ham. And I'd pay good money to see either either of those two go down over Villa. Um, but I can't sit here and say I want us to lose. So let's let's say we'll let's get over and done with and say we'll nick it one nil. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um yeah, I, I, I think we'll. I think we'll beat them. I think we'll beat them two 0 To be honest, I, uh, they they look shot really. Uh, Grealish looks like he's given up, and his mind's on where he's going to be next season. Uh, I think Davis is appalling up top. So cue him scoring a couple against us of jinx us now. Yep. But yeah, I just, I, yeah, I just think um, if as long as Benteke can play, and um, yeah, I, I think we'll be all right. Uh, we've got an extra day's rest on them a couple of days rest on them I think it's going to work in our favour to be honest so you know it remains to be seen Um, right so there was a couple more things I wanted to cover just before we left Uh, one of them was um, if you head over to the socials for the Homesdale Fanatics they are auctioning off if you would have seen before the Chelsea game uh, the team were wearing a 12th man uh, football needs a 12th man t-shirt which was a Homesdale Fanatics t-shirt there'll be one signed by the entire squad um, and they'll be auctioning that off and the money will go to the Norwood and Brixton Food Bank. So get over there to their socials to see how you can bid on that if you would so choose and all the money going to good cause. Um, I'm going to f- be doing that. The Norwood and the Brixton Food Bank already said that from the first game against Burnley, which was on Amazon Prime, they raised just over 3K in donations during the game that was sent as a result of the banner behind the goal. So that's fantastic news there. And um, that's still there at this point. So hopefully those donations will all add up as it goes on and um, we can get a bit of money to what's a really good local cause in the South London area. Where, um, sorry, where, where's, where can you, where's the, um, how do you, enter that um so at the moment it's not it's not really that clear how you enter it um it says uh, we will auction off one of these shirts signed by the first team squad to add to the food bank fund details to follow so keep your eyes peeled on twitter at ultras cpfc um for further information as a bit on that um yeah, and it says football needs its 12th man uh, with the Palace crest just above and the Homestyle Fanatics crest just below. Beautifully modelled by the very handsome Joel Ward um, gazing into the sky. I can only guess what he's thinking about. I'm, I'm on and, my way uh, to have a look. <laughs> and uh, they should have used a picture of Gyro who looks far more dashing in it at the back there. But um, yeah, so, you know, obviously money going to a great cause there and that'll be retweeted by all of our socials as well so you can see through there perhaps um i think that might be it really um yeah oh i guess we can we can sign off on a quick fire man of the match i think we're all probably got the same answer i'll start with you albert uh I'm, well it's got to be uh I'm, yeah it's got to be benteke isn't it really yep heskiff yeah toss up between benteke and wilf for me yeah, um, probably the same, but just I think Benteke just nicked it, especially particularly for that last 20-minute period where he's utterly dominant. So well done, Benteke. More of the same, please. And um, we'll be back next week, I'm sure, doing some sort of double um, like this again as the games come thick and fast. Well, thick and fast in the next couple of weeks, and then it's all over until September. So um, we'll be back next week, and it will be talking about the Manchester United game. Nice, that's on the Wednesday, so we'll probably be previewing Wolves and reviewing Manchester United on Thursday night next week for your listening pleasure on Friday, I would imagine. So um, until then, up the Palace. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. 
Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.